I'm Kathleen Anderson, part skeptic, part believer, and your host of The Eclipse. Welcome to my podcast, where I dive into the unknown, seeking truth and hope with a healthy dose of skepticism and humor. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 17 of The Eclipse. It's so good to be back at researching, recording, and publishing these episodes. Not only is it a blast, but every episode I learn more and I get interested in even more topics, which I hope you do too. Before we get into it, I want to thank you all for continuing to listen to the podcast. And I ask that you help us out if you can and spread the word about the eclipse far and wide. As always, you can find us on Spotify and on my Substack titled The Sweet Struggle. We are also on Twitter at The Eclipse Pod and Instagram all one word, The Eclipse Podcast. And we're also on Facebook, Just The Eclipse. So please come on out to your favorite social media sites and follow, 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 and share as much as possible. (laughs) All right, now we can get into it. So today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about kind of a cultural or societal topic than I am a specific incident or theory. So I'm going to kind of dive into what I've discovered these past few months as I've kind of just just barely dipped my toe into what I would call the ufology world. So, you know, when I first kind of started getting into this, you know, it was just really for, you know, one article that I did for the Political Insider. And I kind of talked about that in my, you know, very first episode where I introduced myself to you all, you know, just kind of explaining how I'd come across this just incredible little blurb on Fox Business between Kennedy and Lou Elizondo, who I barely really even knew who he was to be honest I had watched the show that he was in called Unidentified but I didn't he wasn't necessarily like a home name in the Anderson Black household and it was just it was just really kind of shocked me some of the things that he was claiming on television and I had pitched to my editor doing just kind of a introductory fun piece that I assumed would just kind of be a one-time thing on the recent on the congressional hearings that were coming up And in doing that, I ended up doing some subsequent follow-up articles and just kind of diving more into the world of, you know, UAPs and ufology and, you know, aliens and conspiracy theories. You know, what I, some of what I found uh, didn't really surprise me, but there was a lot within the culture of ufology that really did shock me. For some of you, I think you might kind of be like me. I'm really before now was just kind of a passive, you know, had a passive interest, but I have definitely kind of grown. I would say that I'm, I'm still kind of passive, but if, if you're anything like I was beforehand, you, you might not really know about some of the politics and drama that happens within this world. And it's, you know, I'm a, I like to kind of say I'm a little bit of a student of people. And so I have found it rather interesting and I want to share it with you guys. So first, you know, what is, what is ufology? <laughs> so some of you might not know what it is and, and I'll say it again. Okay. Cause the first couple of times I heard this term uh, and maybe it's cause I have a bad ear. I was like, what now? Can you say that again? So it's ufology. So, you know, just like with anything that ends in ology, it's the study of UFOs, right? So like biology is the study of, you know, living things and, you know, you have 
things like that, right? So ufology is this investigation or study of UFOs or what is now called unidentified aerial phenomenon or UAPs, which is really just a way for the U.S. government to feel better about allocating money to researching it, <laughs> which I don't really understand why. I don't think anything is really all that wrong with UFOs. Um, but anyway, ufology, it's not really considered like a traditional science. In fact, you know, most in, you know, scientific and research circles kind of view it as what they call like a pseudoscience. And I find that a lot of, you know, your, your respectable scientists and respectable people in the fields like to put pseudo in front of anything they don't really like, like pseudo archaeology. I think it's, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name now. He's, it's not Graham Norton, because Graham Norton's the funny guy from BBC. But, gosh, that escapes me. But his name is Graham something or other. And he has a Netflix special that's all about, like, I think it's called Ancient Apocalypse. And so, like, he's he's gets called, like, a pseudo-archaeologist. But anyway, so ufology is considered a pseudoscience. So, which... You know, I think it's kind of silly to to just completely, you know, just dismiss it because, I mean, the very nature of UFOs are the fact that they are unexplained and that they defy science as we know it, right? They defy what we know about physics and the known world. So if you're going to look into it, you know, it's going to kind of, you're going to kind of have to be able to suspend some of your disbelief, if you will, and kind of maybe search outside kind of the regular bounds of the scientific method. So I don't know, I think it's a little, it's a little insulting to call it a pseudoscience, but that's, that's where we at. So there's some pretty, pretty famous people in the ufology realm. So one of the big names, uh, which is really, this is kind of really funny. So you have Eric Von Daniken, who is the author of Chariots of the Gods, which is kind of like the, it's like the, the base Bible for ancient alien theorists. And it's really funny. So I knew of Eric Von Daniken, but I didn't really know him as necessarily the author of Chariots of the Gods or as a ufologist. I knew him just in kind of passing, not personally, but I knew him in, like of him in passing as just like this guy was like a hotel manager and, you know, had kind of ran into some trouble and with like embezzlement and fraud. But that's for a different podcast. What he's known for in terms of ufology is this book, Chariots of the Gods, which kind of dies into this idea that, you know, we, you know, ancient civilizations got a lot of information and knowledge from ancient aliens. So if they're ancient civilizations and the aliens that came would be ancient aliens, right? Um, which... <laughs> Is it a perfect segue into another uh, pretty famous ufologist, or as he's often referred to, an ancient alien theorist? And that is, and I'm going to apologize because I know I'm probably going to not say his name right, Giorgio Tsoukalos. 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 It's one of those. <laughs> um, but I'm sure you know of him. So Giorgio is kind of the main centerpiece of the show Ancient Aliens. Um, he's the guy with the hair, in case you still have no idea what I'm talking about. But, you know, he's he's very much into the whole, like, kind of Ancient Aliens camp, if you will. Then you have uh, Nick Pope, who is also on Ancient Aliens quite often, but you... He's also seen in a lot of other shows. In fact, I think I might have seen him in Unidentified too, but he's in a lot of other shows. Uh, so he worked for the Ministry of Defense, which if you're unaware of what that is, it's kind of think like the Department of Defense, but in the United Kingdom. Um, and 
I'm sure he had many different jobs while he worked for the MOD, but one of them was he researched UFO incidents in the United Kingdom. So it's kind of interesting as I, I had I knew of Nick Pope before I started, you know, writing articles about UFOs and things like that. But I only knew of him as you know, a guy on one of my shows that I like to watch at night. Uh, but as I kind of dove into it, and especially in like like the Twitter sphere is just ripe with trolls. He gets a lot of criticism from people questioning like what he actually did at the Ministry of Defense, which is odd because you can you can actually find proof that of what he did at the Ministry of Defense. You gotta kind of really search for it, and I actually had to kind of get help um, on an article to make sure that I you know was explaining what he did appropriately. But uh, yeah, he, he gets a little bit of criticism for that. And he also gets some shade thrown at him within the community for being critical of some theories, which is why I actually kind of I kind of like Nick Pope because he's not just like full blown. Yep, every every single theory is real. This is aliens, little green men or lizard aliens or whatever like he he will you know from time to time you'll hear him go like eh, i don't know about that theory um and then you also have tom DeLong, who if you're my generation you know him as one of the members of blink 182 so excited that they're back together and putting out another album very excited about it i loved blink 182 <laughs> And I still very much love Blink-182. But he also, he does like a lot of, you know, kind of big time entertainers and things like that. He does a lot of other things. But one of the things that he he is, is he's the creator of what's called the To The Stars Academy, which if you go to the website, it's pretty fascinating because it's got all nature of things. Like you've got movies, it looks like, and like graphic novels and books. But there's also kind of this, you know, search for disclosure on unidentified identified aerial phenomena. And I didn't know anything about this until I stumbled upon the show Unidentified, which I think is also on the History Channel. But that show is has Lou Elizondo, who, again, if you're unfamiliar, Lou Elizondo is the guy that he had worked at the Pentagon and was the director of ATIP, which was the program that initially was kind of like, you know, funded with black money, if you will, you know, by Congress to research UAPs. And then he decided to up and resign because, of course douchers at the Pentagon weren't feeling what he was wanting to elevate, which doesn't surprise me. And, you know, then, you know, he kind of linked up with Tom DeLonge, from what I understand. And, you know, presto, we've got the amazing New York Times article that came out 2018, maybe, that talked about, I think it was the Tic Tac or the Gimbal, whichever one it was, the video of the naval pilots that saw the UFO. I think Leslie Keehan was the journalist or one of the journalists. But anyway, so as Lou Elizondo and Christopher Mellon, who's also kind of a key person in the, when it comes to kind of the UAP world, he um, was a big wig in the Department of Defense at the Pentagon and kind of teamed up with Lou and Tom DeLong on this Unidentified show, which what's really great about the Unidentified is, you know, kind of going back to the, you know, criticisms that ufology gets, that it's a pseudoscience. Uh, what I really found fascinating about that show was how they actually laid out kind of criteria for what, you know, what the, what are common observations found with unidentified aerial phenomenon. I'm going to call them UFOs because UAPs is just 
lame. Sorry, Lou and everybody at the Pentagon, UAP is lame. They're UFOs. So I thought that was kind of interesting because if you're able to, you know, lay out these common observations, then that's kind of like the first step in being able to have more of a scientific method in, you know, checking this stuff out. So what can ufology entail? I mean, it can entail all manner of things. I mean, you've got your crop circles, you've got your cattle mutilations, of course, alien abductions, alien implants, super gross, um, stuff like the Roswell incident of 1947. There's like a whole bunch of people that just like dedicate their time just to that. Um, you've got the Majestic 12, you've got the ancient aliens theorists, which is like their whole, like a whole separate camp. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but it can also entail, I mean, I've met people who have reached out to me after they've read some of my articles who claim that they're able to kind of tap into other dimensions. So you've got this idea of like multi-dimensional type stuff. I mean, it all sounds very, you know, like a, like Superman-ish, you know, something you'd be from a cartoon, but it's pretty, there is a large swath of people who actually spend quite a bit of time studying this. Um, so like I said, it can entail pretty much anything that seems to be unexplained that could be related to entities that are not from this earth. And I say this earth because you have to include like these these folks that are kind of these, you know, that can tap into the, you know, different dimensions, then there's like a different earth, right? So it's interesting. There's also a little time travel stuff in there. I mean, it's it's a grab bag of all sorts of fascinating unknown stuff. So ufology is also kind of in the government. I mean, historically, there's been numerous studies done. You've got Project Sign, Project Magnet. You've got the more, the more, the one that's more widely known, Project Blue Book. Uh, but of course, like we didn't really get a whole lot of information, right? Like, well, one, the government's very, you know, super secret, top secret squirrel. My theory is, at least lately, I can't really speak to back in the day, but just from my own personal experience with government, particularly with the Department of Defense, is that I think the lack of disclosure is less to deal with like the need to have like to be top secret. I think there's some of that, right? Like you want to be able to kind of like if you have a secret or if it appears that you have a secret, you have power, right? Because it's innate in human nature for people to want to know what the secret is. But I also think a good part of it is just plain negligence. <laughs> it's not very romantic of an idea. But anyway, so you do have ufology in government. Um, most recently, so ufology and the idea of, you know, researching UFOs and, you know, ancient aliens and time travel and government conspiracy has really kind of had an uptick. In fact, I think I read a poll that it used to be like only 30% of Americans believed in, that UFOs have visited Earth, and now it's up to like 42% or something like that. That doesn't seem huge, but I mean, if you think about it, 42%, that's that's just a stone's throw away from half of the country believing in it. So that's pretty big. But yeah, like, you know, as I kind of touched on, so you had the New York Times article that came out with the you know, the video footage and all of that of the naval pilots that saw the Tic Tac and the gimbal and all that. And that kind of spurred the congressional hearings that happened last year. So if you're not, if you're not a big news person, last year was the first time since Project Blue Book, which was like in the 50s, that, or 60s, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It was a long time ago. The first time since Blue Book that there was public congressional hearings 
related to UFOs. And that's pretty big. Uh, That's kind of a big deal. I watched them. It was interesting and boring all at the same time. (laughs) So what do I mean by that? I mean, like you kind of had the usual, I can't remember their names. I should... I should bring them up, but mostly like a like a dude from the Navy and gosh, I can't remember the other guy's name now, but kind of just tip tiptoeing, tap dancing around a lot of questions, basically saying like, yeah, there's stuff out there that we don't know. A lot of it we can't talk about. Um, there was a really great exchange between one of the congressmen and the, <laughs> the two witnesses of the testimony that about the Malmstrom incident so I'll cover this in a whole separate episode probably but Malmstrom Air Force Base which is in Montana yeah Montana had an incident a while while back where allegedly unidentified flying objects UFOs came by and shut down the nuclear facilities there and it's, there's a lot of literature about how these unidentified aerial phenomena seem to be very fascinated with our nuclear capabilities. Anyway, this congressman had asked uh, about it. And the guy was like, yeah, I don't really know anything about that. <laughs> kind of railed into him like, I mean, I feel like this should be something you know about if I know about it. And I'm just, you know, Joe Blow congressman you should probably be looking into it. It's kind of one of those where, and then like the answer was very kind of shady. Like, well, I mean, I'm not personally looking into it. So that's what I mean where it was interesting but boring at the same time. So yeah, so you had these congressional hearings, you had these reports that were supposed to come out. In fact, this the most recent report was supposed to come out on Halloween and still hasn't. So, and again, color me not surprised. Probably a combination of they just don't want to do it and they're incompetent. But there was also some other really interesting, more science-y type stuff that happened last year so you had this you had nasa who agreed to dedicate a whole nine months and a hundred thousand dollars to study ufos if you can't tell by my tone of voice i think that's pretty pathetic that's not a whole lot of money if you've ever seen armageddon which i love uh, except I won't watch it now because of an unfortunate incident in which I drank too much while watching Armageddon. But anyway, if you've ever seen Armageddon, <laughs> there's, you got Billy Bob Thornton who works at NASA and he tells the president, cause the president's like, how did you not see, how did you know, not know about this asteroid coming? And he says, you know, begging your pardon. It's a big damn stick, big damn sky. And Billy Bob was not incorrect. It's a big damn sky. And I'm pretty sure a hundred thousand dollars in nine months isn't going to do it. But I guess, you know, small victories now. NASA is at least acknowledging that maybe they should be paying some attention to this. And then you had some other kind of interesting stuff. So there's this, I'm going to say his name wrong and I apologize in advance because someday I'd really like to meet him. Um, I Like he seems really fascinating, way smarter than me. But this, I think he's a Harvard astronomer, Avi Loeb, who started the Galileo project. And I actually think he started it in 2021. But anyway, it was pretty recent. He talks a lot about like the, the, the idea behind the Galileo project. Part of it is to kind of look for those techno signatures that I talked about. So like space junk, basically. Um, um, you got that Oumuamua. I'm sure I did not say that right. But that big, huge rock that didn't look like anything, didn't look like an asteroid, didn't look like a comet, didn't look like anything that we're used to seeing. Avi Loeb talks about it quite a bit, um, about how it could be actually just a, an alien techno signature, like a like a piece of a ship maybe, or a piece of a satellite, and we just don't know. But he also, I read an article, he gets a lot of criticism too, because with his Galileo project, he, he's he got quite a few people kind of helping him. And I don't know if they still are, but I know Lou Elizondo, I think was one of them. And this is like, he has quite a, quite a lot of people that are a part of this project. Um, and I think Nick Pope too. And there was some 
you know, the, the experts in the field, um, Harvard probably, who, you know, kind of threw him some shade for, like, what are you doing associating with these fools kind of a thing, which I think is, again, kind of punky. But um, that's all very fascinating, I think, that we're starting to pay more attention to it. So what did... What, you know, what did I find about the world of ufology? I found that it's unfortunately kind of clicky and high schoolish. So phys- there, I saw a quote or like a, from a physicist named James McDonald who said that the problem with ufology is that it's very cultist and you have these extreme subgroups. And he, he was absolutely right. So, you know, I wrote these articles <laughs> published them and you know of course blast them out over twitter and you guys know my style so yeah i've got a little bit of sense of humor to it i'm a skeptic too like i don't you know i'm not just gonna like dive into the deep end and say like yeah i believe everything but i do think that there's something going on and i try to you know elevate when there is you know stuff that deserves to be elevated and i was really surprised at the blowback like, I mean, a lot of people in the community and in on Twitter, they're called, it's like hashtag UFO Twitter is, is what you would follow or what I would advise you to. I'm sure there's other things, but again, I'm a noob, so I don't know all of them. But I mean, one, like once people found out I was a conservative and that I wrote for a conservative online publication, oh my gosh, they were like, Pfft what does this lady know? You know, crazy right winger, which if you knew me, you'd know I'm not a crazy right winger. I'm just right of center. I'm, I'm damn near a libertarian, but I mean, it didn't matter, right? They were just like, oh God, like they would go to, I remember there was one article that I published that got a lot of reads, which I'm like, Hey, you know, sometimes when you hate me, if as long as you read the article, man, you're just helping me out. So, (laughs) but there was all this like, Oh my gosh, what is this crap website? And blah, blah, blah. And then I also got a lot of pushback because again, you guys know, like I'm a big ancient aliens fan. I like the show for numerous reasons and I'll kind of get into it more here in a bit, but like, there's definitely just like what Mr. McDonald said is these extreme subgroups, these cliques, right? So you've got your ancient alien theorists, right? Who buy into the whole, like, you know, that ancient civilizations couldn't have built the things that they built without some sort of intervention and that it's super strange that all of the ancient religious texts have, you know, very similar themes about, you know, wars happening in the skies and and all sorts of that kind of stuff. And then you have the people that basically everybody else, who just hate on the ancient aliens group. It's really astonishing. And so, of course, in my articles, like I kind of touch on ancient aliens because I think it's a very, because the other th- reason what I'm, what I'm trying to do in my articles, right, is I'm trying to bring in other people who normally wouldn't care about UFOs, right? If only 40 some percent of Americans believe in UFOs, well, what about the other 60 some percent? What's, what's their deal? Do they believe in UFOs? Do they even know about anything that's going on? Maybe they don't. Well, something that's a pretty common societal thread, thanks to Giorgio's hair, because <laughs> he's like a meme master with ancient aliens is ancient aliens so it's kind of my vehicle to try and bring readers in but oh man did it piss off a lot of the hardcore ufo twitter fans in fact so lou elizondo wrote an op-ed in the liberation times that said that he wants ufology to die and it's you know it's it kind of goes uh, he doesn't really want it to die. When you read the article, he doesn't like the way it is on Twitter. It's kind of how what I gathered from it. There's a lot of just, you know, people who, you know, spend all day basically ragging on each other as not being ufology enough. 
and he, he does give a really good example, a sandbox example, where it's like, we're all in the sandbox, but we're not playing well in the sandbox. When in reality, everybody should be, you know, pooling their resources together to make one big, beautiful ufology sandcastle. He's more eloquent than that, but that's essentially what he's saying. So that was probably the thing that I found the most fascinating is that like people get really dug in and they can be vicious. And so, you know, like, what are my thoughts on this? I'll be honest. I mean, there are some really extreme ideas out there. Uh, you know, like flat earthers. I'm sorry. We know that the earth is not flat because we can, like, you can see it. We've proven that. But, like, the earth is not flat. And there are some real jerks on Twitter. Lou's not wrong. Um, I'll be honest, though. Every field has it. You cannot, you can't not engage with the world because Twitter is full of meanie weenies. <laughs> I mean, sure, like I got a lot of shade for the UFO articles that I wrote from people who in the ufology, UFO Twitter world who just were like, what's this conservative, crazy right wing lady who likes ancient aliens talking about? But it pales in comparison to some of the hateful shit that gets sent to me because of my articles about Ukraine or because of my articles about the public education system. I mean, Twitter is where, you know, bullies go to feel good about themselves. So, you just kind of got to turn them off. But, you know, if you get rid of that, you get rid of kind of the extreme ideas and you get rid of like your just jerkhead meanie weenies. There is still kind of this like extreme click thing. It's very, it reminds me of Mean Girls, which I love that movie, but where they're like, you can't sit with us because they're not wearing the right outfit or whatever. That's kind of how I feel ufology is. If you enjoy ancient aliens, you can't sit with the regular ufology group. If you think, if you associate with Lou Elizondo, you can't associate with the sub-ufology group that thinks that Lou Elizondo doesn't disclose enough information or that Lou Elizondo didn't really work at the Pentagon. If you, you know, like things that Nick Pope talks about, then you can't sit with the ufology people that think that he didn't really work for the Ministry of Defense or don't like that sometimes he's critical of some theories. It's just very, I don't understand why. I mean, I guess I feel like on the one hand, I'm, a, I'm empathetic because a lot of these people are what, what you would call experiencers, right? So they have experienced something. So it's very personal to them. And probably their entire lives, they've either been called crazy or they've been ostracized or they've been made fun of or whatever. And so I get why there's kind of this immediate need to be kind of defensive or whatever. But at the same time, like sometimes it's to the detriment of their own cause. You know, same thing with like, like why, like how come you can't be interested or engage on the subject of ufology if you're conservative? I mean, I trying to get like a big name to talk to me about ufology is, it seems impossible. And I think largely it's because I'm a conservative and I'm a writer for a conservative outlet. But I don't understand why. Because how is conservatism, conservatism, (laughs) or believing in God not in line with believing in the possibility of UFOs. If anything, questioning our government is is a more conservative trait than a liberal trait. I mean, it's funny how that's kind of switched. (laughs) But I mean, you know, anymore, conservatives are the ones who are like, I don't believe anything the FBI tells me. I don't believe anything the Pentagon tells me or the CIA. They're all hiding shit. Plus, having faith 
in what can't be proven is is very much like a conservative thing. Most conservatives have like a belief in a higher power. And so, you know, I was really appalled at how, how many negative comments I got about people claiming, not knowing me, by the way, I am not like a, I am a, I consider myself a faithful woman, but I, I don't go to church regularly. I wouldn't consider myself religious, but people who were just like, oh, that's probably crazy Bible, you know, thumper. I don't understand why they wouldn't go hand in hand, right? Like, as of right now, there really is no way to prove a lot. You have to kind of have faith in some of these theories and faith in the people that say that they've experienced something. And if you believe in God, I mean, that's faith is kind of your jam, right? The hatred for ancient aliens, I don't, you know, I think people need to let, like, lighten up. Honestly, it's a fun show. I've tried to watch other shows too, because I, like, my husband gets a little bored, because we've seen probably every episode a thousand times, because it's my go-to at night. I'll be honest, don't hate me, ancient aliens fans and those that are on the show. I do tend to fall asleep halfway through. It's my go-to at night. It relaxes me, but it's also fun. Like, watching the other shows, they tend not to be on it. They're not produced very well. Well, but in Ancient Aliens, they generally take you to an exciting, interesting location. And so honestly, in a lot of the episodes, they pose some very interesting questions, albeit with very few concrete answers. But I don't know why that's a bad thing. Like, why is that bad? I don't get it. They often, you know, I don't know if it's every episode, but it feels like just about every episode, they have legitimate scientists, astrophysicists, and archaeologists and Egyptologists and things like that. So it's it's interesting. So I don't know. I read this one, um, this New York Times hit piece where this reporter had gone to AlienCon, which, oh my gosh, I would love to go to AlienCon. I am going to, later this month, I get to go to two of the live Ancient Aliens performances in Arizona to cover for the Political Insider, but I would love to go to AlienCon. But anyway, this New York Times reporter went, I can't remember what year it was, and he says, I'm going to quote it, I wrote it down, it was barely two hours into day one of AlienCon, and 500 years of accepted history and science were already being tossed out. And I went to say, it's like, so? <laughs> First of all, there's no such thing as settled science. I mean, the whole point of science is that it's supposed to be constantly questioned and able to evolve, right? I mean, how long did we believe the sun revolved around the earth? How long did we believe the earth was flat? I mean, granted, there are some people that still think it's flat. It's not. But for the most part, we have throughout time, the, the role of science is, is to discover and to prove what we knew before as either incomplete or wrong. You know, questioning science isn't a bad thing. But yeah. That's, that's just my take. Bottom line, you know, I still love the ufology world. I do. But it's a kind of a lonely gig. Like most people don't want to talk to you if you're a conservative. And if you don't exactly fall in line with how others think, then you're kind of considered bad. Which is, I mean, I'm kind of used to it because that's a lot like regular politics, right? Like I'm a conservative, but there's plenty of Republicans out there who send me just hateful things calling me a communist, right? Because I'm not conservative enough. <laughs> so anyway, I just kind of wanted to give it, you know, dedicate an episode to my thoughts on the world of ufology. So thank you for listening. Please continue to follow us on Spotify and please also leave a rating, preferably five stars. This helps support our endeavor by making sure our podcast shows up on general searches more often, which could help us get to where we can have advertisers. Stay tuned for the next episode where I'm going to lay out 
the unidentified aerial phenomenon Pentagon connection for those of you who haven't been following, which shame on you if you haven't, because I have written some fantastic articles on the subject for the political insiders. So you should swing by the website and read all of my UAP articles to bone up. Would you like that shameless plug? Or you can go to my Twitter, my personal Twitter, which is at Mohawk Moderate, and you can read all of the nasty tweets <laughs> from people who hate that I like ancient aliens associated with those articles. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. Please take the time to follow me on Substack. I publish my podcasts and all of my writings on Substack, and it's titled The Sweet Struggle. You can also find me on Twitter, as I mentioned before. My handle is at Mohawk Moderate. And please honestly do swing by thepoliticalinsider.com to read my articles and those of my other highly talented fellow writers. My name is Kathleen Anderson, and you've been listening to The Eclipse.